Well, good morning, friends, and welcome to our 8.30 service on this, the 12th Sunday after Pentecost. Uh, welcome to those of you in the room, many more we know who are joining us online. Some of you are visiting with us, and we are super honored that you have done so. We hope that you'll come back, leave us contact information. You may be online and visiting with us, and we're honored that you're doing that um, as well. My name is James Howell. I'm one of the pastors here. And before I introduce this guy, I want to uh, mention our organist, Lee Northcutt. Lee's not supposed to be here today, but he is because we complain about Charlotte traffic and one of the crazy drivers has cost Evan Curry a fractured wrist. That's a valuable wrist, let me tell you. So you'll want to be uh, in prayer for him. He's got a recovery time coming. I know he would be grateful for your prayers. Anyhow, I'm up front this morning with my friend and colleague, Dr. Uyan Kim. Grateful to be together. As you encounter the loving, forgiving, grace-filled presence of God, we want to connect with you, especially if you are relatively new or first-time visitors with us. So there's a couple of ways to do that. There's the hospitality pads at the end of your pews, at the back of your bulletin. There's a QR code that you can use with your phone. And then for those of us online, there's a, a link that you can click on. Uh, you can share your prayer concerns, your contact information. There's a little checkbox that says, I want the pastor to reach out to me. And we'll be sure to do so to share the wonderful ministries of our church friends. It is so good that we are here gathered together. Let us continue to prepare our hearts for worship.
be united as God's children in confessing our faith in the faith of the Christian church through the Apostles' Creed found in the back of your hymnal 881. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our God is always good and gracious to forgive when we confess our sins. So let us turn our attention to our bulletin as we confess together. Gracious God, we carry anger in our hearts we cannot release. Our past regrets continue to shame us with pain. Scarcity binds our hearts from generosity and growth. Give us courage to choose you in the face of temptations Set us free for joyful obedience and faithful witness. Open us to a future of peace, hope, and love with you. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet still sinners. That proves God's love toward all of us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. Please stand for the reading of the Gospel. The Gospel reading is Matthew chapter 15, beginning with the 21st verse. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and cried, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely possessed by a demon but he did not answer her a word. And the disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not fair to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. 
This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. My, 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 what an episode. A woman in dire straits comes to Jesus. He basically calls her a dog. He says, it's not fair to give the children's bread to outsiders, to the dogs. He says, even the dogs, you get the crumbs under the table. <laughs> you know, the Da Vinci Code, the whole image is that uh, uh, they, they whitewashed all the stories and kind of made it up to put people together. And clearly, uh, the Bible's not not uh, trying to whitewash, make everything look good. It, it tells the story about Jesus when, I mean, what is that? Jesus calls this woman a dog. She's desperate. Her child is in dire straits. What's this about? First thing we might notice is just uh, her desperation and her persistence. Last Sunday, I preached uh, homecoming uh, up the road at the first church that I served when I got out of seminary. On the way, I listened to our service and uh, listen to Nathan Arledge preaching. I plan to uh, see if I could pilfer a few ideas from his sermon. He preached a great sermon on prayer. And the footnote that I would add to his great sermon on prayer is that a lot of people that I know, me included, often we pray and it uh, feels like what this woman was greeted with. She pleads with Jesus and he is just silent. If you've ever prayed long and hard for something, you know what it is for that to be greeted with silence, to feel like your prayers can't even overcome the gravity of the room. You're banging your head against a wall. What's amazing is she's persistent. She doesn't just stop and say, well, that prayer didn't work. That ask of Jesus didn't work. She's persistent. I think about Monica, the mother of St. Augustine. She prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for her wayward son when he wasn't St. Augustine. Ambrose the bishop saw her weeping in church and said, it is not possible that the child of so many tears should perish. I went to her tomb at a church in Rome that not many people visit. So I went in, I thought that I was alone, but then I noticed that there was a woman kneeling uh, before the tomb of St. Monica, who's the patron saint of grieving mothers. <laughs> And this woman was kneeling, and she just kept saying the same two words over and over, mio bambino, mio bambino, mio bambino, my little child. I sat on a chair behind her, and I prayed. She never saw me, but I prayed with her. She was praying for mio bambino, my child. Persistence. The Bible invites us, certainly in this story, to persist in prayer, but also to think about those who are so grieved that they are persisting in prayers, or maybe even have given up, and we pray with them. We may be silent. They may not know that we are praying with them, but that's part of what we're called to do in the church. Second thing here is Jesus. Goodness, he calls the woman, did Jesus have a bad day? Trying to think about, did Jesus have a bad day? Uh, resort to uh, that great um, theological authority now, Ted Lasso. Do you know Ted Lasso? Ted Lasso said wisely, I hope that either all of us or none of us are judged by the actions of our weakest moments, but rather by the strength we show when and if we're ever given a second chance. Right? Do we judge Jesus by this weak moment that he has? What's he doing? How should we say it? Jesus, uh, Jesus isn't a genie that... Uh, uh, answers all of our wishes. Jesus isn't a protective bubble to protect us from all harm. Jesus isn't our personal assistant. What we believe is that Jesus is God with us. 
And if God's with us, God's with us in everything, including figuring things out. Do you ever have things that you got to figure out? Did Jesus figure things out? Luke 2 says that Jesus grew in wisdom. Part of his being human is maybe he had to figure things out. We may be puzzled why it took him so long to say, I'm not just here for the Jews, I'm also here for the Gentiles, like this woman. What he sees that moves him is her faith. He doesn't say, oh, well, let's just love everybody. He says it. He sees her faith. He sees her persistence in the face of dire trouble, and he says, wow, and he blesses her. It makes me wonder about uh, the debated people in our world. And maybe a way to think of them isn't just to say, oh, let's just love everybody. Maybe it's to see their deep faith. I think about, I don't know, who are the debated people, immigrants, I've seen immigrants with immense faith and intense prayer. Some people in the world, they want to debate gay people, but I've seen the immense faith and persistent prayer of gay people. It was a race. You know, people can't figure out somebody who's of a different color, but have you seen their profound faith, their intense praying? When we think about that, we say, well, we're with those guys. They are among us. <clears throat> Jesus says this thing. He said, it's not fair for, for the children's bread to, to go to the dogs. And you hear that, and you're mortified. And this just occurred to me on Friday. I totally rewrote my sermon. I thought, why are we mortified by that? Don't we say this kind of thing all the time unwittingly? How should we say it? When have I said, it's not fair to give the children's bread to the dogs? It's a question of who gets the good stuff. Who gets the good stuff? We care for, understandably, our kids first. We care for ourselves first. We eat in fine restaurants. We drink fine wine. We travel to great destinations. But then if we have some left over, okay, that can go to the other guys, the crumbs the crumbs. I'm speaking of me, not you necessarily. I don't know what all you do. <laughs> I know I do this. My kids still laugh about the day we had a food drive in Davidson. You had to actually bring your canned good up to the altar. So I knew people would see me. So I thought, ooh, I need to get something on the way out. So I looked in our pantry and I saw sweet potatoes. I hate sweet potatoes. And I'm like, Let's let some poor person eat the sweet potatoes. More recently, I've been making sandwiches every other Thursday. There's a church in my neighborhood, Plaza Midwood, and they collect sandwiches to take uh, to, the, uh, to, to um, a roof above. And I caught myself the other week. I was buying bread. I was feeling pretty noble, right? It's not even my church. And I'm buying bread, and I'm buying luncheon meat, and I'm looking for the cheapest loaf of bread. I'm looking for the cheapest luncheon meat. Wow, two for five bucks off-brand? I'll take that. It's not fair to give the children's bread to the dogs. How should we put it? The poor are accustomed to receiving only our crumbs, and they're glad to get them, but is there another way to think about how we treat those who are in desperate need? I love the other day we had a meal, we had a birthday meal at McCree's place, and some of you were there. Uh, the people didn't get just like, you know, just little pickings. It was a feast. I love that it was a feast. I love the Haywood Street ministry and Asheville that we've supported. They feed, they feed the homeless. They feel, they feed the destitute. But when they come for that meal, it's not, you know, 
here's a little package. This is the cheapest lunch meat, you know, in, in a paper bag. Go away and eat it somewhere. Instead, there's a table that is set with a cloth tablecloth and candles, and there's servers who come around, and they eat on fine china. Seems like the kind of thing that we ought to be about. <laughs> Amazing things can happen. Uh, last week, I preached a homecoming at uh, my first little church. I have to tell you, we probably have some good cooks in this church, but goodness gracious, that little 100-member church can put you guys in the shade with the food that they can prepare for a covered dish meal. And the women there, take, it's all women that do it. Women take immense pride. And so I came, and, and I'm getting my food, and a woman walks up, and I said, did you make that a clear? She said, I made that a clear for you. I was her pastor 40 years ago. But she remembered that I loved her chocolate a clear. Who gets the good stuff? The most amazing thing at that homecoming was I saw a guy that I did not recognize, and I sat next to him, and he looked like he was in his early 40s. And I said, what's your name? And when he told me his name, I said, you're still here in this church. We had a covered dish dinner back in the day when I was the pastor there. And at the end, they took all the leftovers, and they put them in a box. And I guess this was their custom as a church. They said, Pastor, will you deliver this to some poor person? And I was young and cocky. I didn't know how to say, oh, yes, thank you so much. I would be happy to do that. Instead, so I said, well, why don't we see if we can find a poor family and maybe sit down and share the meal with them? Well, I was still a new pastor, and they, I guess, wanted to get along with me. So they said, well, okay, we'll try it. <laughs> so I found a family, a mom with two little boys. One of the little boys is the guy that I saw in his 40s now. They invited them to come to the church. They put out cloth tablecloths. They had a meal together, and they invited some other children about the same age. They had a ball. That family started coming to church every Sunday. And that boy is still there. It's still his church. Who gets the good stuff? Here's the last thing. Uh, I deliberated this when I was on my bike yesterday. Do I bring this up? I wanted to bring it up, and I thought I shouldn't, because some of you have said you're glad that I'm back, and after I say this, you, you'll wish I had stayed away longer. But here it goes. This is only because I love you. And here's how it goes. You may know that in the United Methodist Church, uh, we have some congregations that are the term they use is disaffiliating. They're leaving our denomination. And the reason, they talk the way around it, but it's really there, there's some people they just don't want to include and bless in the life of the church. A lot of them are my friends, and I have a kind of respect for it. It's interesting. There's a church where a friend of mine is the pastor. They're going through the throes of this right now, getting ready to vote. And uh, he put out a letter to the congregation, and he basically said, you know, you guys can leave, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going. So if you leave, I won't be your pastor any longer. That was pretty strong. And then he did a Q&A on different issues that come up, questions that he's received. And my favorite answer, I called him immediately and said, well done, dude, <laughs> is um, people ask, who gets the property? Whose property is it? Does the property belong to us, or does the property belong to the denomination? You know what he said? He said, neither. He said, the property belongs to God. Well done. Whose church is this? Is it ours? No. Is it the denominations? No. This is God's property. And if we think of this as God's property, if we think of ourselves as God's property, then everything changes. Uh, 
I was on sabbatical for three months, and a question that my wife asked me, she said, uh, does this uh, being away from work make you want to retire? And I said, no, I'm not ready to retire. I love working. Somebody's shaking their head like, oh, no. (laughs) I'm not ready to retire. But then she started asking me, you know, what parts of the work have you missed? And that's a long list. I've missed you guys. I've missed doing this. I've missed a lot of things. Great staff, problem solving with them. When I retire, I'll miss so much of that. She said, what won't you miss? I'll be candid with you and tell you what I told her. You can see tomorrow morning I'm going to meet with Sarah Beth Dozier, who's our executive director, and she's been on vacation this week, so I haven't gotten to do it yet. She's going to give me an update on the finances of our church. And I've done this long enough to know that as it's August, uh, she won't have a cheerful tune to sing for me. And then what I'll have to do, and I've done it 20 years here, and I've done it 43 years in various churches, is I'll have to do what I have to do every year. I won't miss this when I retire. I'll have to beg and cajole and say, please, 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 could you give us some crumbs? I love you. I love this church. I'm so proud of this church. I think we do as well as any church, but to say we're the greatest church That doesn't mean we're really doing what God's called us to do. We're doing great, great things, but I still believe we're just scratching the surface of what God's really asking of us. It could be even more amazing. We could bless even more people. The woman comes to Jesus, her ask is for mercy. She wants mercy. She's desperate for some mercy. We're all desperate for mercy. You don't get it anywhere else. I don't know where you work. They don't give you mercy where you work. I've got to go to the bank and do some banking tomorrow. They're not going to give me mercy at the bank. It's just not a thing they do. I love bankers, but they don't give you mercy at the bank. A lot of things I've got to do this week, I don't expect mercy anywhere. But this is the mercy place. I'm actually starting a new series of videos and emails that I'll send out. They'll be shorter than the ones I've been doing if you can't read as long as I usually ramble. Hope you'll subscribe and invite others to the the series. It's going to be called How to Be Spiritual. And we talk about how do you cultivate a life with God. Some of you got that all figured out. You don't need this series. But I think most people probably could, like, how do I do that? How do I become close to God? One of the things I'm going to talk a lot about is that it's all about mercy. We come to the Lord's table today. There's an old Eucharistic prayer that we used to say before communion. It's still in the hymnal somewhere, but we don't use it. Maybe we should resurrect it one day. Some of you who are older will recall this. And the prayer was this. We do not presume to come to this thy table, O merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercy. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord whose property is always to have mercy. God has so much mercy on us. God asks us to have mercy on ourselves, on others. 
whoever's crying out, Mio Bambino, whoever gets treated like a dog and only gets the crumbs. Mercy. It's the way to life. Thanks be to God. Let us continue in prayer. All loving God, we seek you in the turbulence of these transition times. Whether it's the start of a new school year, moving, or a new life transition, or simply the reality that fall is approaching, we look to you, Lord. May we seek you in these spaces as our comforter, our rock, and our teacher. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, be with all those who are experiencing grief right now. Grief comes in all shapes and sizes. Grief of sending a child to college. Grief of your body changing. Grief of a loss of a loved one. Or the many other ways that grief is showing up in our lives. We know that you see our grief and you understand our brokenness completely. Help us to rest in you and accept your love fully. We especially lift up the family of Paul Bowen as they mourn his, the, his loss this week. Lord, in your mercy. God, help us to see your children as you see your children. Help us to love the complexity of humanity and to create safe spaces for people to be themselves, to be known, and to be loved. Help your church to be that place in the world. Help us to extend that grace to others, but also to ourselves. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly God, be with us as we continue to worship. Let your spirit be felt in this place as we gather at the table. May your grace sustain us as we go forth from this place. Amen. As our ushers come forward, I want to say thank you for your continued generosity, that we can continue to be a place that worships God, meets our community with love, and continues to be God's church. Thank you.
Lord, we offer our gifts to support Christ's mission. Bless these gifts and use our energy for good purposes so the world will know your loving kindness. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Friends, here we are preparing the Lord's table. For those of us joining us online, uh, please do prepare juice, wine, and uh, some bread so that you may partake with us here uh, at Mars Park United Methodist Church. We are yet again reminded that this is not our table. This is not the table of the United Methodist Church. This is the Lord's table, and all are welcome who wishes to worship, serve, and journey onward as a people of God. A couple of uh, things to remind you, we will take uh, communion through intinction, which means that as you will come, as the ushers uh, direct you, you will be handed a piece of bread. You can dip the bread onto the cup. That's one option for you. Another option is for you to come to the rail uh, where you can receive the bread and the individualized uh, cup for the juice. And there's a third option. You can also receive a prepackaged, also gluten-free, uh, where you have the bread and the wine slash juice, juice uh, for you to partake. Uh, the responses will be sung as found in your uh, uh, hymnal, pages 17 and 18. The Lord be with you. We lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, by the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection. You gave birth to your church. 
delivered us from slavery to sin and death and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave to his disciples and said, drink from this all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit and us gathered here today and on these gifts of bread and wine make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood by your spirit make us one with Christ one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet through your son Jesus Christ the Holy Spirit and your holy church all honor and glory is yours almighty father now and forever confidence of the children of God, let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray as we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. There is one loaf. We who are many are one body, for we partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a means of sharing in the blood of Christ.
bulletin for our prayer after communion. Let us pray together. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. As it's been proclaimed, may God continue to open our eyes that we may continue to become the people of God who welcome all of God's people, and may God illuminate our eyes in places where the doors are still closed. So may the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore.